0: With 240 ways series coming to you with another episode we're talking about things communities can do to close the achievement gap you know during the new millennium the united states faces a vital challenge a challenge choosing um, to close the achievement gap between caucasian minority students specifically students of african-american and hispanic backgrounds Reading and math performance of minority students must be improved in order to support graduation from high school and university attendance or success in vocational and trade schools. The challenge is huge, but the goal is within reach if parents, teachers, school districts, politicians, and communities all work together in a concentrated ongoing effort uh, this podcast focuses on 10 things communities can do to close the achievement gap. Back in 2000, the NAEP reading and math assessments, 28% more Caucasian than African American fourth graders scored at a proficient level in reading. And 29% more Caucasians than African Americans fourth graders scored at a professional level in math yet at the same report by the education trust dispelling the myth revisited stated that almost 5000 schools with high poverty and or high minority students populations scored in the top third of all schools in their states poor and minority students can and do achieve at very high levels our challenge is to make that reality across the nation. So let's get into it. First one, community members with or without children of their own must attend school board meetings. The only way to know what is happening in schools is to visit school sites and attend school board meetings on a regular basis. Members of the community are offered opportunities to address the school board and encourage positive changes and responsible decision-making. Some community members may wish to run for school board member slots as an elected position and affect the process of change more directly. We need to create a climate of high expectations. All schools must function with a strong sense of purpose and an integrated effort by all members of the community, often called stakeholders. To promote academic success for all students, publicize educational improvements and successes to the public through street banners, news articles, local TV announcements, pictures of events, and award ceremonies. Many research studies have found that students not exposed to rigorous courses do not perform well as students who take rigorous classes. Generally, minority students are underrepresented in the advanced placement courses and overrepresented in the special education courses. Special education courses. <clears throat> Excuse me. This starts in elementary school and continues throughout the high school. Some researchers, researchers have been concerned that schools might contribute to the achievement gap by placing more emphasis on multicultural curriculums than on advanced program placement. So while including multiculturalism um, in the curriculum, it, which is important, it must be within an academical or academically rigorous curriculum. The school board must be accountable by the community and make sure this happens. The teacher's expectations have a significant, significant impact on student achievement. Low teacher expectations result in self-fulfilling prophecy and insignificant for achievement gaps. I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on with me this morning. Thirdly, provide an academically challenging. Multicultural curriculum, biculturalism, and teachers' lack of understanding of African American culture can limit high academic achievement. So I want to digress and I wanna say a couple of things. We talk about community. So when 85% of your teachers in the United States are middle class white women, and I would bet I would bet my left and right arm maybe. 2% of those women have organic relationships with people of color that don't look like them there's a problem case in point I'm going to give you two scenarios I call it uh, it's, just, it's really it's about building relationships and, and I call it the black and white syndrome so when Susie comes in to say hey I didn't do my homework. I was tired. And Joey says, Oh, my dog ate my homework. The teacher understands that. They understand that that conversation um in their culture and a middle class white culture. Okay. He tells Susie to put her head down and Joey, here's your paper, do it again. Or Joey, I'll call your parent and uh I'll talk to your mom or I'll see her at church meeting or whatever the case may be. Well, Antoine, man, I don't want to do that shit. Shaniqua, you being thirsty. You being thirsty. Okay. Well, the white middle class female teacher has no clue what the kids are saying because the kids are speaking in an urban dialect or a vernacular that's used in the, in, in the urban sector. Um, And it's it's actually a language um, and Ebonics, i.e. Jesse Jackson said this back in 1985, 1987. If we gave our test to our urban children in a language that they understood, they would score better on the test because they understand the language. It's not that our urban students can't do the work, it's that they're giving the test in a language that they don't use on a regular basis and or understand um, what's being said. So with that being said, the teacher right away, oh my God, I'm in fear of myself. I don't feel safe. What did you just say? Oh my goodness. You're going to the principal. You're going to the social worker. They refer to special ed. And if you're an educator listening to this, black, white, or indifferent, and you want to challenge me on this, let's go for it. First of all, the data doesn't lie. Second of all, as a former special ed student, I've experienced it and seen it firsthand. Thirdly, as an educator that has rose the ranks from hall monitor, to trinity officer, to teacher, uh, to you know athletic coach, uh, to dean of students, assistant principal, principal, I've seen it. And when you sit in closed-door meetings and you hear the banter back and forth about this kid and that kid, and when white kids do the same thing or even have done worse things, it's all about give them a second chance. Oh, we don't want to mar their their background. We don't want to hurt their um, their chances of getting into college. But when it's a black kid or a brown kid, exp- suspension, special ed, expulsion, juvenile detention center, they can't be saved. So my question is. Has anybody built a relationship with the student? Because James Comer talks about this very intently. No, no true learning takes place without a meaningful relationship. And when we learn, we make mistakes. But when we make mistakes, we grow to not make that same mistake again. Because insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. So, second point. Of this whole uh, digression into um, black and gray, black and white. When women and their spouse or partner go to Lamaze classes. To go through the breathing, to go through all the different things they go through. um, When they're getting ready for having a baby, all the prenatal care. They have a thing called white noises. And white noises supposedly are soothing noises. Soothing noises um, that supposedly soothe the baby to be calm. So while my son was being born, uh, I asked this question in the Lamaze class. So what's a black noise? Everybody looked and the nurse or the Lamont's instructor right away said, well, that's a startling noise. Um, Catch you off guard, um, that kinda, it's like the nails going across the chalkboard. I didn't know it then, but as I evolved in education as I began to think outside the box, I really began to understand the issue. When things are not normal per se to a person's everyday culture, or they don't have organic experiences from the genesis of their of their uh, their job or whatever the case may be, it becomes foreign, or it becomes a black noise, it's startling. It's not a white and soothing noise. So when Susie and Jason or Corey were saying, "My dog ate my my paper. I don't have it. Or oh, I'm tired. I didn't do it." The teacher was able to resonate with them because she understood understood that vernacular. But when Shaniqua and Trayvon got to saying what they were saying, "I ain't doing this shit." Uh, you thirsty? You thirsty? Well, Trayvon is only saying what he hears at home and what he hears uh, at home and in his his community. Now, some of you will say, oh, him cursing was bad. Him saying shit. What if he said, motherfucker? I mean, I'm just being very realistic. What if he said, man, fuck this bullshit? He, in his mind, in his thought process, thought that saying shit was the lesser of the evil but he was he wanted to keep his urban roots that's the vernacular that's the communication that he knows at home that he hears his parents say and so he figured he can repeat um, uh, that verbatim Shaniqua basically was just saying if you understand urban dialect you doing too much you know I got my homework done. You know I got it done, Miss Jones. But you being thirsty. And so, when it's all said and done, we have to look at this through a different lens. Who is teaching our children? Do they have the necessary backgrounds that can connect be relational, real, and relative to our students of color. Are they able to go deep in rigorous instruction and have massive results? But I digress, we can't get to rigorous instruction or massive results unless we take care of the first three. Our teachers need to be relational, real, And their conversation and relationships needs to be relative to the students that they're teaching. So I ask you to look through a different lens when you start talking about black and brown kids versus white kids in education and how they react or how they do things and how teachers teach those children how they refer. Okay. Number four, the community must provide supplementary, supplementary academic programs for all children, not just underachievers. We need our rec centers back, our after-school centers back. Too much idle time for kids to run around. Our kids need structured time outside of athletics, something that is going to challenge them um, intellectually um, to, to, to think differently but also do something special um, in academics um, and bridging that that academic gap. And and, and also, not just bridging the academic gap, but uh, bridging the intellectual gap. We need to provide more mentors. A lot of people don't want to be mentors. Um, I, I can't even begin to know the reason but a lot of folks are having issues in being mentors and we need more mentors, more mentors that look like the children uh, that we're losing. And that's specifically our black and brown boys and also our black and brown young ladies as well. We need to provide a a preschool program, especially in our urban areas. Our children need to be around as much uh, proper English conversations and involved um, in some sort of a pre-literacy program as possible, Um, a a play program where they learn how to play effectively with others. Our kids need that at an early age. Let's see here, involve our high school students in community activities and service. This creates positive interactions with with a better understanding of mainstreaming Society among minority students. Um, I agree with that 100%. Our eighth one is provide food, clothing, and school supplies for families who are poor. Children cannot focus on academic achievement if they are hungry, cold, or lack the necessary school supplies. They don't have to have name brand, but if they could have clean clothing, um, that's quality, but also... Food and shelter, and a loving parent or loved one that's with them on a daily basis that can increase the likelihood that they're going to do well academically. And last, or the last two I think that's very important solve problems that create school attendance difficulties, such as dangerous intersections or blocks, lack of sidewalks, high speed traffic, the things that scare. Or threaten kids from traveling to and from school. Drugs, uh, gangs, violence, shootings. Um, kids need a safe pathway um, to school. And we need to provide that. I know Dr. Marco Clark in D.C. Um, uh, manned the block for the, the black males uh, or just the males in general. I don't want to put a, a specific race on it. Um, in DC, they get out there and make sure the kids get to school safe. Got to man the block, and we participated in that program in St. Louis. We we're the first school to do it in St. Louis two years ago at Polkerris Mastery Academy. So, um, you know, I, I definitely uh, agree um, with that matter. The last one: promote alcohol and and a drug-free community events and activities, and discourage gang activity. Uh, denying that there, that there are alcohol and drug gang problems in the community is stupid. There, are, there is. We all know that. Every community needs a written, detailed plan for dealing with these issues that requires the participation of all community agencies, law enforcement groups, businesses, school personnel, and parents. We have to get back to the community policing. We have to get back to having programs that that take away from this urban culture that poppin and molly and twerking and, and lean that that's the way to go that is not what a responsible adult does and so our children get so caught up on the social media they get so caught up on this, this urban life and they think that is the norm and it's not that is not the norm so I beg of you um to read through this, listen through this uh, podcast about things that the communities can do. Um, this is me, Tenner, Tenner, Donnell Tenner, 240 um, Ways Series. Check me out on my website at www.240WaysSeries.com. I just launched a new book, 24 Laws of Power, Success for, for Diverse Educators. It's on Amazon. Um, I have one um, one book that's coming out. I'm gonna save the title, but I have it's gonna be out here in about 120 days. Um, it's pretty thought provoking. It's pretty in your face. Um, I'm an I'm an, I'm unapologetic about my writing style. I write to invoke thought process, to look at it through a different lens, to think differently. Um, to challenge you to see how things are and can be um, in our educational system, in our communities, and especially one of my, I'm an advocate for our black and brown boys. So, this is M. Donnell Tenor signing off. Thanks again. Alhamdulillah. mashallah